When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Akil Stokes, and thank you for joining me for your weekly dose of trading excellence. And I guess tri-weekly dose since the podcast comes out three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, available on all music streaming and podcasting apps, as well as YouTube. I wanted to take a second to, uh, or I guess a few minutes, a lot of minutes today, to follow up on the most recent podcast I put out that talked a little bit about the relevance of historical data and how much does backtesting data really mean in present day due to all of the the different market conditions and, and just the, the differences in trading from way back when to now. I, to be honest with you, it's a completely different game that we're playing here. And I wanted to bring in a guest podcaster, and it's a client that I've worked with for a very long time named Naomi. Um, Naomi is... One of the clients that I'm most proud of, don't tell her I said that, she's going to get all giggly and stuff, but um, I've seen her journey from the very beginning uh, to where it's at now, and it just amazes me and inspires me and, and really motivates me the amount of work that she puts into her craft. A lot of it is behind the scenes where she'll go into this deep, dark woman cave do all of this testing, do all this strategy development, and then every once in a while emerge from the cave with a massive amount of questions. Her questions come in spurts. It's boom, 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 boom. Um, and it, it overwhelms me uh, many times, but I always make sure to go through them because I know they're very purposeful. I know they're, uh, they're done with reason. There's good reason behind it, and she's going to take the proper steps after receiving my guidance. And she recently started a podcast called The Trading Journey Podcast, where she started documenting uh, really her journey as a trader. And I think it's a wonderful podcast. I think anyone that is a, uh, a newer trader or even someone that's looking to get in the trader needs to listen to it because it's really a, a, a at present time, step-by-step -step documentation of what she's going through. And it's gonna be pretty cool to see when it goes from the Trading Journey podcast of this struggling trader trying to make it to be consistently profitable to when she actually starts trading and, and things are clicking on all cylinders. It's gonna be a pretty cool story to tell. But I recently listened to one of her podcasts um, and it talked about backtesting, kind of the uh, 
the myths about back testing, I guess she ran into some people that were some naysayers that were saying back testing is a waste of time. So she goes back to the defined, right? The defined definition of what technical analysis is and, and how that falls into exactly what we're doing of back testing. She also talks a little bit about how her view has changed. I don't mean view of the markets, but um, I guess I do mean view of the markets. Her literal view of the markets has changed as her eyes have developed and how that affects the back testing. Um, and then she goes on to talk about false ROIs. So um, calculating your return on investment the correct way. That way you can have a realistic expectation of what to look for in the market once your system and strategy are up and going. So the podcast is awesome. So I wanted to bring it in and share it with you today. By the way, if you want to talk more of Naomi, you can find her on social media. I'll, I'll throw her uh, information in the show notes below. And of course, you can find her on the Tier 1 Trading platform. Uh, just head over to www.tier1trading.com. If you backslash and enter the word free after that, we also have some pretty cool live workshops and webinars that you can check out. Trust me, this stuff is worth more than some of the thousand dollar courses that you'll pay out there. So make sure you get in, uh, get in there and take advantage of the free content and make sure you take advantage of our community as well. All right. So without further ado, let's kick into uh, Naomi's podcast and I hope you guys enjoy. Hey guys, quick disclaimer before I get into the content of this podcast. And that is please bear in mind when you're listening that when I'm speaking about backtesting and then live trading, that I'm assuming that someone's execution live is going to be similar, more or less, to that of their backtested trade plan. If, for example, someone's over trading or they've got other psychological issues or maybe practical issues such as that they're missing their setups all the time, that those issues are going to affect your ROI. They're going to result in your results being potentially a lot different to your backtesting. Clearly, you know, the reason for that is due to you rather than your backtested trade plan. I view those issues as completely separate to backtesting, but I just wanted to make you clear of that before um, I get into this podcast of speaking about backtesting. Uncovering the reality of the learning to trade journey can be tricky in an industry filled with many myths and misconceptions. The aim of this podcast is to generate clarity over this journey through documenting the challenges and the solutions I personally experience as I move through the process from novice to consistently profitable trader. Everyone's trading journey is unique, yet if a shared tip or trick in this podcast can shave even 1% off of your learning curve, then that will be a job well done. Hey guys, welcome back to the Trading Journey podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about backtesting, which I know is a touchy subject for some people. <laughs> um, I want to speak about it because, of course, it's a key, key, key part of learning to trade. But secondly, there's a lot of controversy around it recently um, that I've noticed anyway, in terms of that it's a load of crap, that you don't need to do it, that's a waste of time. And I absolutely disagree with this viewpoint. I think you really do need to backtest. Um, and I just want to add my view to this conversation so that people are hearing both sides. Um, they're not just hearing that you don't need to do it. Because the reason that concerns me is that someone new to trading could hear that, therefore not backtest. And that could cost them a lot uh, financially and psychologically further down the line. So if you do disagree, that's fine. Um, I hope you stay. But, you know, it's all good, guys. There's always going to be a difference of opinion. Do you know what I mean? 
So to begin with, I wanted to ask you to go and look at the definition of technical analysis on Investopedia. <laughs> um, the, the reason for this is that I think when there's a lot of criticism about backtesting, the, the technical analysts that are saying this forget what their um, approach to the markets is actually rooted in. So if you go to Investopedia, you'll see that the approach of technical analysis is rooted in the idea that price patterns repeat over time, okay? You can also then, you know, look at the founding fathers of technical analysis, such as Charles Dow, William Hamilton, Robert Rea, all of whom say that, you know, the markets today aren't actually that different from 100 years ago. They're talking about the stock market, but, you know, I'm speaking generally, that is their viewpoint. And... The idea of backtesting, this is the thing, if you look at the definition of technical analysis, which is what I've just said, that it's based on the idea that price patterns repeat over time, all the process of backtesting is doing is ensuring that the patterns you are identifying over time actually have a profitable edge. That is all it's doing. It is proving, it is essentially just like a process of proving that your own technical analysis actually works, right? So if you're a technical analyst and you disagree with backtesting, like to me it just doesn't make sense because, you know, the definitions are a mirror of each other. It's the same definition. They're the exact same thing. Like backtesting is just the process of applying technical analysis to ensure that your strategy is profitable. Um, but anyway, in addition to that, um, I also think, you know, the most obvious point, other than understanding the blatant logic behind backtesting, is that successful traders who are living off of the money they make from their trading, I'm talking about Jason Greystone, Akil Stokes, um, Steve Burns, people at SMB, all of them say you need to be trading a system with a proven edge. How do you prove an edge? Well, the logical answer, oh my god, a towel. <laughs> Oh my god, a towel just fell down, that scared the crap out of me. Okay, anyway, so um, maybe that was a sign for me not to do this podcast, because people are going to disagree too much. Anyway, um, <laughs> so in terms of, what was I even saying? Yeah, the way you prove an edge is to backtest something and, you know, generate your edge, create it, um, because when you're backtesting, you know, you're looking at different filters, you're looking at different top stops and targets, you're finding your edge in the markets. Um... And in my opinion, I only listen to people in terms of making big decisions about, you know, my training, who are where I want to be and who are, you know, genuine, honest people where I can tell they practice what they preach. And those are the people that I just mentioned, particularly, you know, Akil and Jason, they're my coaches. And they say, of course, you need to backtest. Um, again, for the logic that I've kind of mentioned. Other than that, I want to speak about why I think people's live trading don't, don't, um, it doesn't reflect their backtesting results. And the reason I want to speak about this is because I think a lot of, you know, the negative views come from people's negative experience that they've had with backtesting, that their, then their live results haven't actually reflected this and they feel pretty angry with the situation. And I completely have empathy for these people. Um, that's like a sh very shit situation. But I just want to put these points across to explain why I think that might happen. These are very logical points as well, you know. This isn't the, this isn't like a topic like the Bermuda Triangle people. It is 
just obvious obvious stuff there's no big conspiracy okay with back testing that is just like this myth that people have come up with to make you spend a year doing it it's just anyway let's just get into it so number one your eyes change okay so i right now am retesting france 40 you might think huh why are you retesting the reason is because when i first tested that it was actually a couple months ago right it was like summer june perhaps i have noticed my eyes have um evolved a lot over the past few months so when I'm retesting my final rules, I want to make sure that they're giving me the results that my initial back testing gave me. And the reason for that is that my eyes have changed. So when I started retesting France 40, I noticed that the results were actually different. And that is because my eyes have changed um, a bit. So anyway, so I back tested, sorry, sorry, I filtered again um, based on what I kind of realized from this retesting. And now when I'm retesting, um, the results are consistent with what I was expecting, which is great. But I think in that first year, your eyes are changing so much all the time that it means, for example, say you backtested something six months ago and you're now going to trade it live. You might end up getting different results because your eyes have actually changed. So therefore, you know, you're entering setups that perhaps you wouldn't have seen in your testing um, and, you know, the other way around. So I think that could be a reason that people don't realise um, why their live trading is actually different from the backtesting. The second thing is, no one knows how you backtested, okay? So say I was getting, you know, really good results in my testing, doing really crap live. It's kind of difficult for anyone to comment on anyone that that's happened to because no one knows how you've backtested. I wasn't sat there, you know, if that happened to me, no one sat here with me looking over my shoulder, checking everything I'm doing. Um, you could be doing something wrong. You could be scrolling through the charts too quick because you want to rush and therefore you're not actually going by by bar by bar and treating it like it was live. Um, so therefore, you know, you're missing setups, you're not doing things properly. And therefore, of course, your results are going to be different. Another thing I wanted to mention, this is based on a conversation I had with someone. And um, he basically said to me that, so he was you know, someone who kind of thinks backtesting is a load of crap and again because his live trading is not going well and he basically said that he's in trades that he would never have been in his backtesting, right? And I'm just sat here and I said this to him, like <laughs> if you were in trades live that you did not record in your backtesting and you're wondering why the results are different it's pretty obvious the reason why you change the input, you're going to get a different output. Like, it's just really common sense, people. It really, really is. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's like me, just because I go to a shop, let's say I went to Homebase, which is like a hardware store, compared to if I went to Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket, um, you know, and I want milk. If I go to the hardware store, there's not going to be milk. I'm not going to come out with the same result. It, just because it's a shop, it's not the same shop. Like, it's just really black and white, obvious. Um, I just don't really get it. The other thing is, and by the way, I'm not being rude to that person, but at the end of the day, it's just facts. Also, in terms of how people are calculating their results, I think is a reason that they're not getting the results um, from their back testing live. So when I started looking at my results from my testing, I was calculating it incorrectly. I came out of this brilliant ROI and then eventually realised that, um, oh, there's a B. You don't calculate it by taking the M balance, for example, from 2019 and working out the percentage difference between that and your start balance 
from 2009. You do not work out the percentage difference that way and then divide it by the number of years and think that's your average ROI. It's absolutely categorically incorrect, okay? If I did that now, I would get about, I think it was like 700% ROI per year, which is completely incorrect. Um, and the reason it's beefed up like that so much and why people think, you know, they're having these million percent ROIs when it's just wrong is because it's including compound interest that wouldn't be yet until later. So, you know, it's assuming that in 2009, I earn a shit ton more than I did because, you know, by 2019, my starting balance is actually like, I don't know, like 500 grand or something due to the compound interest. So you don't calculate your ROI that way, guys. Um, and also, if you're not actually looking into the years, so say I just took the average, like I said, which is wrong, and then thought, huh, okay, cool, I'm positive every year. You need to look into the return on investment each year. 2009, for example, 30%. 2010, 40%, 2011, uh, I don't know, 10%. You look and check that every single year is positive, right? Then you know, okay, my system has returned a positive ROI every single year for the past 10 years. Then you, um, you take the average of all of those years and that is your average ROI, okay? That is what you do. Like, it's just, it's uh, like now, I think it's a very easy mistake to make, to be honest, but it's, you know, kind of an obvious reason why people aren't getting the results live, that they're backtesting a certain them. So guys, um, I think generally, like, all these things combined kind of show to you why backtesting is incredibly important, but also why it's important that you go about the process correctly, because if you don't, you are going to end up, um, in my view, getting, you know, these positive results in your testing and you're not going to be getting them live. And I really do believe it's due to one of the reasons I just said, <clears throat> because otherwise it just doesn't add up. It's like saying five plus two is one, like it's not, it's seven. Um, it, the facts just don't add up. It really doesn't. So <clears throat> if that was happening to me, I would look into all those reasons and kind of like work it out logically what's going on. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of obvious. So... I hope you enjoyed this, um, you know, I know there's some of you that are going to be disagreeing with me, and to be quite honest, I have no interest in discussing the topic um, at all, in terms of if you disagree, like, I don't need people trying to convince me that backtesting is a load of crap, because I've got my view on it, um, <clears throat> and I really don't mean that in a rude way, like, I've had these conversations about it before, and I just don't find them productive, you know, people have difference of opinion, it's like discussing your political views of someone who is really set on their ways of, you know, voting in the opposite direction to you, there's kind of not a whole lot you can do in conversations like that, but anyway guys, um, as always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time!